My guest for episode 55 is author-illustrator Dory Durbin. Her book series is titled Little Cat Feelings. She has published two books in that series, Little Cat Needs Space and Little Cat Feels Left Out. Both are picture books. She will release her first chapter book, Little Cat and Dog's Birthday Bake, A Recipe and Caring, February 2nd. The former teacher and fitness instructor lives in Michigan with her husband, son, daughter, and three pampered indoor cats and an old Great Dane. A few days before our conversation, the Durbins were in Florida with their daughter's soccer team. Before we talk about her books, Dory and I will chat a bit about that trip. Welcome, Dory, to the Adventures with Grammy podcast. Tell us a bit about your trip. We have two kids, and my oldest is in college. She's just a freshman. So this is my junior daughter. So it's a higher-level soccer team. It's kind of like their showcase that they do. And so it was a new experience for us because we are new to the club. But um, yeah, it was it was a fun, definitely a fun, fast trip. We we're just there four days. And you got to do zip lining. <laughs> Yeah, that was quite the, uh, I've been ziplining before, but I've never done the obstacle course part of that. And um, my daughter, we got to one point where you could go left or you could go right. And if you went left, it was the hardest part. And she was like, no, mom, we should do it. We should do the hardest part. All upper body strength. Well, I found out I don't have a lot of upper body strength. So that's when the bruising (laughs) occurred. (laughs) Oh, no, I would definitely not attempt that. Looking back, you know, my bruising will go away. um, But the experience with her is it was so much fun. It really was. And yeah, I probably shouldn't have been doing it. And I'm probably going to take a few weeks to recover, but it's okay. (laughs) Well, again, it's that bonding experience that you and your daughter will share for the rest of your lives. And beyond if she writes it down and you write it down and share it. (laughs) I think it could be a book probably by the end of that. (laughs) Definitely fun. You have three pampered cats. And is that why you started the Little Cat Press? So no, what happened was, um, I can back up just a tiny bit. I've always lived in the country. We've always had animals and cats have always been my favorite. So that's been a staple my whole life. My kids growing up at our, we actually grew up at the house that I was raised in. We moved back to that house. We, of course, you know, got more cats. And it was funny because it was right about Christmas time. And I was watching my two, they're two years apart. I've always studied kids, but my two, of course, you study a little closer. And I noticed they were just quarreling and fighting. And ironically, in the corner was my, we have a Great Dane, my Great Dane and one of the cats. And it was kind of like watching like a dual uh, movie. So you've got like the real life thing and the movie thing. And they were doing the almost parallel things. They were fighting for the same spot. They were arguing and bickering when the other one got too close. And I thought, man, this is not just a my family thing. This is really something that all families contend with, whether it's um, two siblings, it could be friends, it could even be space you know, that people need. So my first book was called Little Cat Needs Space. And my whole intent was for it to be a book that showed the mind of little cat needing to have some distance from her her dog, uh, who is kind of like her sibling. As I started to process through it, it just made more and more sense that, you know, this was something that all families contended with. Ironically, right before I released this was the time when COVID started to come in. At my release date, my actual release was March. 
And around here in Michigan, we went into lockdown the day after I presented to our local school. It kind of took a turn where it was kind of like a little bit more like, oh, you need space because of the six foot distancing and such like that. But that wasn't really the intent. So that's how the whole thing kind of started was me examining what was going on between my own kids. And as a parent thinking, what am I going to do? And I have, you know, at the time they were high schoolers and I know watching littler kids, that's not, you can't talk them down sometimes out of the situation. So it really kind of ring true in my mind that that was something that parents really needed to help their kids talk about, you know, some of what they were feeling. The timing was good for that too. So my second book is called Little Cat Feels Left Out. And that one actually happened um, because of the visit that I had in March um, with my first book. I had some of the kids talking to me and they said, well, you know, in the pictures, dog has this, he has a little blue bunny. His name is Mr. Fuzzby um, because he's a fuzzy bunny. And dog always had this bunny. And they said, well, what if little cat gets jealous? Like she never gets to hold Mr. Fuzzby and she doesn't have her own. And so that started to play in my brain a little bit. And then again, you know, going back to the whole premise of, you know, emotions and kids and trying to help parents, we started to see um, some relationships with my daughter and my son and their friends. I said, well, you know, sometimes people get left out. And so then we started talking about, you know, my kids and I started talking about that. And so it developed from those conversations of, you know, what do you do as a parent? How do you, how do you help your parent, your kids see the situation for what it is? And how do you encourage them to explore what friendship means? So that's what Little Cat does is she takes the opportunity of this relationship between Mr. Fuzby and dog that's left her feeling kind of out in the cold. And she, this is bad, but she actually kind of kidnaps Mr. Fuzzy for a little bit. Not And kidnap is a, a really big word because I think she just borrows him and she returns him. But they, she spends that time kind of examining why this little blue stuffed toy would be a better friend. And in the end, she realizes how she can be a better friend, you know? And so it's kind of taking the process, the kids through the process of like, you know, what is it that makes good friends and how can I be a better one without telling them. So those are both picture books. I enjoyed art quite a bit. And so I knew that I wanted to illustrate them and I knew I could handle a picture book. And then um, at, at the next available time when I was able to meet with kids again, which was on Zoom, one of the kids said, well, you know, I'm in second grade. Are you going to write any chapter books? And I said, nobody's ever asked me to do that. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it kind of came again from the mouths of the kids. And so I toyed with the idea and I wasn't so sure it was a great idea. And then I started to play with it and really enjoyed it. So this is, this new book is my very first chapter book. And it does include pictures just because I couldn't help myself. Well, it's adorable. Birthday cake, a recipe for caring. As with all chapter books, it, it's mostly copy, but you do have illustrations in there, which are just adorable. So give the readers a sense of what this book is about. It's called Little Cat and Dog's Birthday Bake, and it does have the tagline of a recipe for caring. It is a book that has parallel stories occurring. So in the beginning, Little Cat and Dog are together, and Little Cat realizes that not only is it dog's birthday, but she's completely forgotten to plan for it. She has no present. She's in somewhat of panic because this is her very best friend, right? Little cat goes on a journey of trying to figure out the perfect 
birthday present for a dog that she can get as a cat. And she realizes that she's probably best off making a birthday cake, but has never done that before. So now on the other flip side of this dog is sort of a glutton for his his life. Um, <laughs> he's a little bit on the greedy side because it's his birthday and he wants things. And he announces his birthday and takes off to go hang out with his other friends. And in that process, he is <laughs> he's given the opportunity to eat and to you know celebrate. And again, like I said, he's a little gluttonous and is making himself literally miserable physically. So you have these two stories going on at the same time where a little cat needs help and she's not sure she wants it. And you have dog who's not listening to anyone because he's just so wrapped up in the whole commotion of being his birthday. And the two stories eventually merge together, um, which of course I can't tell you the end, but I can tell you that they figure things out and that both of them start to resolve things um, by the end of course. So it's kind of a fun, dog, dog is kind of hyper and just full of energy and little cat is a little bit calm and quiet and maybe timid about things. And so I think it hits both sides of those personalities. And then they have support characters, of course, that come alongside to help them through it. Did I understand that you are gonna release this through a Kickstarter program? I think the word for this year has been pivot for people and. <laughs> I'm a slow pivoter. <laughs> I'm kind of a turn, then turn, then turn. And I had considered doing a Kickstarter and wasn't 100% sure about how I felt about it. And then I started doing some research and of course talked to people. And I have always, always wanted to try a Kickstarter um, in the sense that it can offer the readers just so much more. I have my book done, it's ready to go. And so I think what I'm going to do is take just a step back I'm going to actually redesign um, a little cat character. So it, it'll end up being a stuffed animal. Um, I have a prototype already done, but I'd like to tweak it just a little bit. And then what I'm gonna be able to offer the readers is not only the stuffed animal, but actually a hard copy of the book as well, plus all the extras. I mean, I don't know if you've looked into Kickstarter very much, but you can just load these packages up. And so if somebody can pay you know, 15, 20 bucks and they get you know, not only eBooks, but they get hardcovers. And then of course, you know, you go up from there with the other packages with stuffed animals and such. So it's, it's a really good opportunity for me. I hated to put it on pause um, because I'm ready and I'm ready for the world to see it. But I also know that I've had lots of people ask me about stuffed animals and I haven't been able to do that. So this is a chance to try to do that. Tell our listeners what a Kickstarter program is. I don't know that everybody would understand that concept. Sure, sure. So um, it's kind of like a pre-ordering. Basically what happens is authors or any person who has an idea that they'd like to get uh, produced, they can have a platform basically. It's kind of like, an, almost like a web page that you go on. And so what you'll see is what the author or the creator is offering. Um, so I'm going to stick with books because that's just easy right now to talk about. So the author will put a book on there. They will describe what the book is. They'll have um, information about what they hope the book will do uh, for families and for the readers. And then what happens is a person can, quote unquote, buy into having this done. So in a way, it's kind of like paying forward. Um, the person's not charged. It just kind of is like a reservation, um, if I can use that term, to save a spot. They want to be part of getting this book launched. 
And so then what the authors do is they create, they're called tiers. And the tiers are, you know, as you go up the tier, the package gets bigger, of course, your buy-in gets more expensive. So for instance, like a very low tier would be somebody says, I'll, I'll give you $10 um, because I believe in you and I want this to happen. Okay. And then they say, I'm just throwing numbers out right now, but let's say $15 and the $15 is, I believe in you and I want an ebook, an ebook um, and some color sheets and I'll pay that $15. And then it just kind of goes up from there. So the only time that you actually get charged is if the author reaches the goal, financial goal uh, that they set pre, you know, in the, the front end of the whole event. So like if somebody said, I'm gonna, it's gonna cost me, let's say $5,000 to get all these stuffed animals done, bookmarks, stickers, books, all this stuff printed, then that author has to reach that $5,000 or the Kickstarter does not, it's not successful. So then the book does not get done. So the flip side to this whole thing is that it puts a little bit more pressure on the author to get backing because if it doesn't happen and the author's been trying to get all these products done, um, then the author's paying for everything <laughs> out of pocket. And that's scary as a, as a, a self-published author. Um, yeah, you don't want to get that bill and not have people ready to buy at that point. They actually get a product at the end of the Kickstarter campaign. Exactly, exactly. And that's what makes it you know, so rewarding to people who invest in it. Not only do they see the book actually come out, and, you know, like I said, you get hardcover, whatever the extras are that you wouldn't get on Amazon, but you're actually helping somebody get that out there. And I, I don't know if anyone's looked into the, the Kickstarter projects we love, but, you know, some people, if they get enough backing, they, their project is done and backed in like under a week, some of them. So it's pretty amazing. Um, the resources that Kickstarter will give you. Have you set that up yet? I was telling you earlier that we've been on vacation um, for a tournament, a soccer tournament. And so I made the decision while we were on vacation. And so I'm going to spend the next, well, the rest of today and through this week, you know, really buckling down and trying to get stuff done. So I have not officially started the Kickstarter process. I'm envisioning is that not only starting at beginning the prototype and all those pieces done, it'll probably be the beginning of March when my Kickstarter will officially launch. I'm going to try to work as hard as I can to try to beat that time that, you know, that I've been given and, and get this done sooner if I can. Well, tell us your website so people can follow you. Oh, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. So my website is www.dori, D-O-R-I. Durbin, D-U-R-B-I-N.com. I'm also on Instagram as Dory Durbin. So it's the Instagram, um, but it's at D-O-R-I underscore that low little slash and then Durbin, D-U-R-B-I-N. I tend to use my, my Instagram for big announcements a little bit more frequently. So definitely check that out if you can. And then the webpage, yes, I will definitely put, <laughs> I'll put the Kickstarter information on there when, once I can make it look pretty and get it all organized. It'll definitely be there. Oh, that's exciting. Your children are or were in high school when you started your author career. Is that correct? Correct. Were you teaching at the time? So I taught for 10 years and I taught middle school and high school. And so I know it seems kind of like a stretch to go back to the elementary age. 
Um, however, I also taught some art classes at our local art center. And that's when I started to kind of key in to like, you know, the, the resources and the importance of, of children's books. I'm also just, I'm one of those that if we get near a bookstore, I have to go in and I usually sit on the floor and look through as many books as my family will let me. I just love kids books. And I think that when authors can use their message to help kids, it's, uh, it's just so encouraging to the parents. It's encouraging to the kids. You've got kids reading and you've got them getting um, advice that's not coming from their parents. And we all know that that usually comes, <laughs> that comes a little bit easily, more easily to the kids when it's not from their parents, right? But it's also time that the parents can talk to the kids about the books and what um, is occurring within that book. Um, and I think that's really, really important for that bond and just for that communication to be open with the kids. How do your children feel about your writing books for younger children? <laughs> so sometimes they say, mom, you're not using my name, are you? <laughs> 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 and I say, no, no, no. And I'm not really little cat, am I? You know. Um, but I think they, it's funny because um, my son is very quiet about it. Um, I think he's quietly proud about the situation. My daughter, um, since especially since she's home, she's kind of part of the process. And so that's been kind of fun to have her see, you know, how these things are working, you know, how is the book coming around? So, you know, even though it's for younger kids, I think that they enjoy the fact that I'm, I'm doing it. And I think they've appreciated being able to see how books come about and the process behind, you know, there's a lot to it just beyond writing the book and getting it done. I had a conversation with a guest a while back, and it was about storytelling. And one of the things that I said to her was, I taught high school English, and I often would read to my students, and colleagues and friends would say, why are you reading to high schoolers? They can read to themselves by themselves. And I said, yes, but high school students, like young children, love to be read to, even though they might not admit it. Did you find that when you were teaching English? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually had a creative writing class and that gave me an excuse to pull the books out um, because we, we would do like fractured fairy tales and, you know, different books that, that I could pull out some of the imagery and talk about that as a high school teacher. You know, look at how they how they structured their words. Look at how they said this. They could have said this, but they didn't, you know, and and I think, especially like with picture books too, um, the words that are not written and that are shown in the artwork, even if a, a high schooler doesn't love to write, maybe they have interest in art and seeing how art can communicate to people through just the visual pieces of that is huge as well. I, I really, I think kids do, high schoolers like to be read to. I think as we become adults, it's more acceptable, quote unquote, to be listen to podcasts, you know, <laughs> but it's the same scenario, right? You're listening, you're hearing the, the written words spoken and enjoying what you're hearing. And I think just that whole piece of it is just huge for any person. I absolutely agree with you. Where yeah. can our listeners find your picture books? They are on Amazon. Um, they're at Little Cat Needs Space. Little Cat Feels Left Out, and Little Cat and Dog's Birthday Bake. Um, they can also just Google my name and on Amazon even, and it should pop up. 
and the links are all right there. And then actually, if you're from the Michigan area or the Ohio area near us, they're also in our Barnes and Noble stores physically in person, um, but they're online as well there. And I believe they're at Target is, and Walmart too. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the Adventures with Grammy podcast. You will find the links to our guests and the topics we discussed in this episode's show notes. If you would like to be a guest, or if you know someone who would be an awesome guest, please connect with me at carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com.